This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? The first penalty of the Premier League season barely took two minutes to be awarded, and with that decision, the referee condemned all viewers to a season of listening to commentators mentioning VAR, even if there is no doubt over the referee's decision. Hello and welcome to Total Football Podcast. I'm Dick Nair, and joining me as ever is Andrew Conway. Hello. Why must we suffer through this double jeopardy? This is now the VAR podcast. There will be nothing. It's the VAR sport. Because we're going to see, and we'll come on to it later in the show, and we're previewing the European leagues. A lot of the European leagues have adopted VAR. Yeah, Premier ones, League is pretty much the only only top yeah, league yeah, not to. Yeah, because like I don't know, does France have it? France, I think, is bringing it in this year. La Liga yeah. is bringing, La Liga's it, in bringing it in. Italy already had it. Germany already had it. I think even the Eredivisie has it now as well. Yeah, I think they had it. I think they were trying yeah. anyway. It's you know it's it's if it came in now we're if it came in it would be a story this season. Well, as things would come up to VAR, and then people, and then you'd have Alan Shearer going on match day, going, "Oh, this is terrible! You can't. How can how can you do this? How can you do this? I don't understand yeah. how you can how you can make a decision when you have fourteen angles and you have ten people looking at it and you have conclusive proof. I don't know how you can make a decision like that. Yeah. You you have to make it in split second, otherwise it ruins the sport. And you know a lot of journalists also are on that boat as well that it ruins the sport and it turns into something terrible. I think we'd have that for six months. Because any time a big thing would happen and maybe VAR got it wrong or maybe VAR was slowing things down or maybe VAR changed the result, it would come up. But then come February, March, once VAR had made the right calls and once we, we no doubt have have had like a red card decision in a big match or a goal disallowed or a goal given in a big match or a penalty given in a big match, a la the World Cup final like we had in the World Cup, then people would get, oh, okay, it was the right call, blah, 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 we'd get over it. And then everything would be forgotten. But now, as you said, we're just going to have Every time there's a contentious decision between now and especially, I'd say, after Christmas when the FA Cup comes back and VAR is used in the FA Cup, and I think it's going to be used It's going to be used in the League Cup as well. And the League Cup. Up to 60 matches, I think it'll be trialling this season. And it's just... Like, the refs have been trained. They know how to do it. It gives it, it reduces pressure on them. Like we don't have to go through the whole the, the pros and cons. Yeah, of we, we can slow down the game. There's negatives to it as well. You 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 can almost never. There's still it's a it's a subjective sport with a lot of decisions at the same time. Still, like we saw in the World Cup, that it was some one person's joss is another person's foul. Like that can happen, but we're gonna have this all season long. Yeah, it was like I watched the the Friday night match, the Saturday um, afternoon match, and then I've watched the three o'clock match, uh, and like they were my first three games of the season. Yeah, and within the first ten minutes in each of those matches, the commentators started talking about VAR, and it was just very. But there was like, a was penalty in the first already. two minutes, like as you said, like there. Is... But like that, that like not to really go into the weeds of the decision, but like that seemed like a penalty. So like I don't no, even know why the... VAR needed to be. Yeah, mentioned. exactly. It was like... just. But like, he's going any excuse. It's on the. We just need to accept the fact that we don't have it this season and move on. Like we, I get commentators need to fill air for ninety minutes. Yeah, that's though. what it's about. I'd say it's one of the little points. Oh, that's talking points. Okay, yeah. we have uh, if it's if Man United. Oh, look, they're wearing black shorts. Yeah. Uh, what else? Var. Yeah. And it's, it's gonna be like Spurs. Oh, they have a new stadium and uh, Var. It's just and it's Arsenal, already. They have a new manager and 
Bar. It's already monotonous and boring. Like it's yeah. just I I. I Assume this will continue for a while. Oh hopefully, yeah, hopefully all season, it'll just until and then we have out. to like. I think we'll see as we come into the end of August because the Premier League have had a bad year in terms of decision making. They decided what was it? Did, they didn't decide to to give more money to the top teams. So yeah, avoid what they had. we were in that quandary for a while. They did decide not to bring in VAR. They did decide to bring the transfer window forward. But this is the managers making... The, or it's not even the so managers, managers, it's the clubs. It's the clubs, yeah. You need 13 out of 20 to, clubs to agree to any major decision yeah. change, I believe. So. Yeah, and like, it's just, it's so funny because they've put themselves at a massive disadvantage, which I'm sure we'll come on to later when it comes to the transfer window, that a lot of clubs kind of rushed into business. And then most clubs, like, two clubs didn't sign anybody. Two was it not just was one? Newcastle didn't sign. New, Newcastle did in the end actually. But did they sign anyone permanently? Yeah, they brought in that goalkeeper that they had on loan, and they brought oh, in a couple okay. of defenders and stuff. Okay, I but thought they were only loan for, deals there. No, it was just really. Like it was like a really low figure. Amount. Yeah, and Chelsea barely brought in anybody. They just brought in and Jorginho and Kovacic offloading Kovacic on a year long tra- on a year long loan that was, guaranteed that was to go back to Real Madrid costing how much 25 million or something oh, I don't know I haven't read it's costing up there to the Falcao loan deal which was kind of dodgy remember when Man United got Falcao and it cost more money than a... he, it's easy to forget he ended up at Chelsea as well yeah as well that remember was... when Pato was at Chelsea on loan oh god Pato, the poor guy <laughs> But anyway, but like, is, like, uh, like we said, we'll, we'll come into it. But like a lot of teams didn't make transfers. Like as we said, Spurs signed nobody, which is kind of funny. But they signed nobody, and then they come into the new season. They look like oh, they're tired and they have no new ideas, and everyone knows how to play them. And half their team was at the World Cup. It, it, it just seems like that squad needed re-energizing through new ideas, yeah. and the new ideas would come through the players. Yeah, but, but now they're trapped, and they still have risks of their players being sold because. I like it's crazy. Like a lot of their players are still sought after in Europe, and like I don't know if I was one of the big clubs. There, there were links. Of, yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. I, I've already seen murmurs of uh, Real Madrid going after Ericsson. Yeah. Uh, Danny perfect sense. Danny Rose going to Schalke was one. No, that'd be an interesting uh, move for Danny it was, Rose. Yeah, I'd be interested to see it. And then there's Musa Dembele after China it was supposed to happen, but never did. Yeah, well, because happen. they didn't. They needed bodies. Yeah, it's, you know. They could end up, uh, if you remember, like Atletico last season when Atletico ended had up with like 16, ban. 16. Yeah. <laughs> but they had a transfer ban. This was a self-imposed yeah. transfer ban. Yeah. Well, maybe it was. Maybe that was Daniel Levy's plan. Uh, but anyway, into the actual Premier League and it, it got underway on Friday night, Man United winning 2-1. But it was it's off the pitch that Manchester United are kind of... Well, if you remember last week, I said, I, I call this I call this result 2-1. Manchester United oh, did you say winning it a dour, dour match. And... Uh, they won a dour, dour match. With, Leicester, uh, Leicester tried their best to make it a shame. I don't know. Leicester team at the moment. Like, I don't... What's their... They're just kind of in limbo. Maybe yeah. Limbo. Like, what's the story with the managerial... Clodpoil, uh, Watford manager by November. I'm yeah, right it now. might happen. Like I, like, I have to think about there. I was like, oh God, Clodpoil hasn't been sacked yet. Yeah, because that you was know, a big thing at the it's end like of last it's season. Up, it's up there with Conte not being sacked yet. Except you know, William <laughs> saying, like, there'd be no way I'd be at Chelsea if Conte was still manager. But what the, why, are you, like, why are you saying this now? It's like, why, why are people saying this? these things? It's, yeah. it's weird, but yeah, it was a dour match. Two players scored for Manchester United. Two players who were hated by the manager. So he's probably not happy. Yeah, that was Luke Shaw's first goal as well. Like, I barely... I was, I was at he that point. He score for Southampton. No, he never scored for Southampton. Never scored That's for his Southampton. first goal for, uh, at that level. 
and he cost how much and he never even scored a goal oh he's a left back so <sighs> there's goal scoring Marcus Alonso didn't cost that much yeah, but he takes free kicks it's, that's not where he gets most of his goals yeah it is no I wouldn't expect Lee Shaw to be scoring goals that wouldn't be well I would for that money I'd want to <laughs> score goals maybe. Uh, are you expecting Kepa to be scoring goals actually that was the thing I saw that uh, I was watching uh, the uh, the Chelsea match and it came up after the goal that Kepa had scored instead of a goal of Kante so maybe he is scoring goals so he's <laughs> my control so wrong that they got those two so badly confused like what's Kepa's squad number uh, is he one I think he's one I'm not sure so and thing is seven Kante is seven yeah Chelsea are but like it came numbers. up Kepa as well on the oh, screen it was funny yeah but uh, then the Guardian were reporting Friday night Saturday night that uh, United are looking to hire a director of football yeah are they finally getting with the times well no that's been I think that's because they initially so there's a, there's a big PR game which is not something you, it's a football for one and it's generally if you see PR mind games being played it's between different teams who have something to gain from you know Ferguson was the master at it did it with Wenger, did it with Kevin Keegan, did Benitez. It, uh, yeah, did it with Benitez most recently. And Mourinho tries to do it, has tried to do it in the past with Wenger, tried to do it and kind of failed with with Ferguson. And definitely tried to do it in Spain when he was against Pep, you know, playing everyone off each other and we're the underdogs and we're, we're being... Siege mentality. Exactly. We're being per- per- persecuted. So he was, you know, informing the press of his unhappiness, Duncan Castles and the like, over the summer. Saying, oh, you know, we're not getting any of the players. I gave a list in March of five players I wanted and we haven't got any of them yet and blah, blah, blah. And they give me this Fred player. I don't want this Fred player. Yeah, and then he had the quote after the match on Friday evening of saying, oh, my title should not be manager. My title should be head coach, which is interesting because, like, Ed Woodward, is he really the man for the job to replace David Gill, which he did five or six years ago? Like that's someone forgotten. David Gill did not have direct input on football matters. He, I don't. People are saying, "Oh, hark back to the great years of David Gill," or even that the, the guy who went to Chelsea. What's his name? Before um, David Emanalo? Gill. No, no, before David yeah. Gill. Um, he took over from when Abramovich went to Chelsea. He left Man United to go to Chelsea. Uh, I can't remember now. I, you know, if you saw me, Paul yeah. he's a guy, but. Uh, well, he was at Manchester United for years as well before David Gill, or he was in that kind of position where David Gill was. I don't. They're both probably there at the same time in different roles, but they didn't have they they didn't have this kind of people are put like Mourinho's pushing this all on Ed Woodward, and we do to an extent as well. So Ed Woodward make the call to hire Mourinho. He makes the call on buying Paul Pogba, massive players to you know help advertising to help you know cross revenue generation and all this type of stuff. But at the same time, they don't. He's not making the calls on general football matters the and he didn't when Ferguson was there and David Gill didn't when Ferguson was there Ferguson built up a massive team above him and around him that would make he had a huge scouting network he had huge not a huge analytics team but there was analytics involved they're a big club there's analytics involved and then there was coaches that would all make decisions and it would all feed into to the manager Ferguson who would make the final call on the player and whether it was worth it and then David Gill would try get his lawyers involved talk to agents and then things would happen Having this like that, there's only two play- two people in Manchester United. Is it's not true. There's lots of other things going on there that we're not au fait to, that the general like organizational structure is. But both of these people are trying to play off each other. That there's only one person responsible. 
Mourinho saying that only oh, Ed Woodward's it's all his fault. Well, Ed Woodward is now pushing down a Mourinho saying and it's well, not me. It's not me. But since Edward Edward Woodward's uh, took over after David Gill in 2013, yeah. also when Ferguson left and Moyes came in, and it was clear that Woodward did have some say, or not say, but like he his job was to deal with transfers. Yeah. And like since then, there's been how many 12, 13, 14 transfer windows since then, and. Manchester United have had no clear vision at all. There's been no plan no, at all. They've spent like, look at the players that they've spent exactly, a lot of money. and look at the players they've brought in. They're just like it's well, who's there? Who, like who's there that you can firmly say has made a, like a lasting difference and impression and positive impact on Manchester United? Of the players that have been signed since 2013, you can maybe make an argument for Marwan Fellaini. You can maybe make an argument for Lukaku, even though it's only been one season. Yeah, it's still too early to say on Lukaku. But other than that, like, who were you saying? Who's like the centre backs of Eric Bailly has started well, but then has faded into complete. Obscurity. Yeah, like Eric Bailly and Day. Lindelof started on Friday, but that was there's only the second time they started together. Yeah, and like Lindelof's there a year now. Bailly's there two years. Yeah. Like Massa, Daily Blind, Daily Blind's Dan- gone. Yeah, like you can't. But those were players that were Remember signed. Memphis that Depay. Had Memphis Depay. Like, they were di- well, they're in different groups. Like, Daly Blind and Mata and Fellaini. They're players that have come in and have done a job at times. Like, Blind has gone now, obviously fell out of flavour. But never was in favour with Mourinho, it seemed. Yeah, but he did a job under Van Hal. That was, he, he's appreciated by the fans. But, like, David De Gea's how many times has he won the Player of the Year now in a row? Every year, post-Ferguson, bar one, I think. Who won it that year? I think it might have been Herrera. Oh. Andrew Herrera, or maybe I don't it was know Valencia. what. Like Herrera was, you know, a signing that was a hangover from the Ferguson era, but you know, and Moyes, and then eventually went through under Van Hal, didn't it? That yeah, was remember, one of those messes with the fax machine type of jobs. No, I remember the uh, someone for the club met with what they thought were Atletico Bilbao affiliate or affiliates, but were just two randos. Ran- well, they were lawyers apparently, but like, but yeah. they had nothing to do with Atletico. No, Bilbao. nothing officially to do with Atletico. But yeah, it was a bit dodgy that whole situation, but. Yeah, it's been a mess in terms of their transfer business, but like I can't place blame. Like I think Woodward, obviously, the book stops with Woodward. He's created this whole mess. He's created the mess from well, from Moyes on. He sacked Moyes along with the ownership. Yeah, and you know they could have stayed true to Moyes and let him carry it forward for another year. He couldn't have done much worse in the longer term because what happened? Like the following year. Uh, Van Hal fin- I think he finished fourth did he yeah he got fourth year? nothing materialised out of that apart from they went one season back in the Champions League and they got knocked out in the and group stages exactly see the thing is it was, Why it was under Moyes I believe that they signed a massive uh, kit deal with Adidas that was dependent on them being in the Champions yeah. League if they but didn't get to the Champions League they lost a significant amount of the money that Adidas yeah, but to these, pay them. This, this is the whole problem like if, if you're driving your whole football philosophy based on an Adidas kit deal that's Manchester United now. When that's, you're that's already the, the biggest club wrong. in England, with the well, biggest club is a relative term in terms of you know whatever you want to say about fan base. Biggest money making club financially, absolutely the biggest club. Revenue, absolutely the biggest yeah. club. Global reach, probably the biggest club. And they're they're like worrying over an eighty million. Was it eighty million or something? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Like so, you could probably make your own kit to make more money than Adidas are making. Making their kits, yeah, you know, yeah, kit yeah. deals work. Like they just pay a sponsorship fee, and then Adidas make all the money from the kits. United make nothing, none of that money back. They get the back, you know, they get it up front like a book deal. Like it seems like wholeheartedly wrong. I can't imagine one other team. Like I could be completely wrong. We're completely misinformed on this, 
But globally, I can't imagine one large team getting like making serious football decisions on a long term basis of a club that's supported by millions around the world based on Adidas kit, you know, an Adidas. But like, kit remember it was la- at the end of last season when Ed Woodward had that quote where he was going on about how footballing performance doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. To it our doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's the way yeah, that's, he sees that club. It's a business. The, yeah, you them. have to separate. You absolutely have to separate the financial. It is, well, one, it's a club. It's not a business. It is a club at the end of the day. They may be construing it as a business because through their dumb luck and not through any of their own ability, which they probably think it's through their own ability, they have reached a level where they're making enormous sums of money thinking they're a big business. But they're not. It's, a, it's, it's completely based on the whim of fans and the whim of viewers out there and the whim of companies like Sky and BT and this other group who I've forgotten the name of. Eleven Sport. Eleven Sport, who are all paying for the different rights and different you know footballing groups that is amass this great inflatory market that is modern football and modern English football. That can all go away overnight. But would you see, would Arsenal hire Ed Woodward? Would Chelsea hire Ed Woodward? Man I'm sure City, they would, Liverpool. but not in the role that he's in at Manchester United. Yeah. I'm sure they they like apparently he was very good in the commercial side of things and commercial deals, and that and is something every like other that's... club has lacked because they say you know even Ivan Gazidis at Arsenal is highly rated on that commercial side of things, and apparently he's been a disappointment in commercial deals. Uh, Manchester and Chelsea have previously hired Manchester United former executives to do that role, so they definitely hire that. And Liverpool are kind of bouncing from sponsor to sponsor, and they've only recently kind of set themselves in a long-term growth strategy with a standard and was a standard and chartered is that the name of the uh, uh yeah i think so yeah and new balance is their firm but that that needs to be separated from what actually happens yeah, on exactly. the pitch i agree and, I think, and I don't, Woodward is don't need to be at the forefront you don't need like there's they're trying to adopt what they do in germany where bayern munich is uh you know bayern munich is a goal standard for advertising it is, you know, if you have Bayern Munich attached to it, it does great for your brand in Germany. In, not maybe not Germany, in, in Bavaria, certainly, and other areas where that's what has Bayern support. It does fantastic for the brand and it has for de- generations, going back decades. And Bayern kind of started this whole, they have an official car partner. They have an official uh, chocolate partner. They have an official thing. And they, these things existed and they have an official beer partner. They, you know, because they would use it in the local regions and it would grow and then it would grow out into general Germany in general. And then other clubs around Europe saw this. Like, how, how are they doing this and we're not doing this? They're making so much of this superfluous money from just uh, putting their name before chocolate, putting their name before, you know, a car company, an Audi or a Mercedes previously. Why are we doing that as well? Because that is something Man United have been doing. Like they, oh, they, they have an official noodle sponsor, yeah. an official tractor sponsor. They even announced an official sponsor like before, the day before deadline day, which yeah. was uh, met with ridicule. And they're doing random things. Do you remember when they had that X Men uh, apocalypse? Oh yeah, what, what was that Rooney thing? It was like a, new, a new devil is arriving or oh, something? Like that. It was <laughs> like they're great. They're great in isolation, and PR teams can can look at these things and like, okay, this would be great for great synergy between our brands. And we can build long-term relationships that going forward. And, you know, there's, there's, there's arguments for it, but there's over-commercialization of your brand and dilution of your product. I think Manchester United are guilty of that and have been for nearly on 10 years. Who's to remember uh, Michael Owen doing Aon ads in, in Ireland? For, oh, yeah, for insurance. yeah. You know, when he was a Manchester United player, like, that didn't help anybody. No. Least of all, Mike Lone. Are Aon even still in business these I days? Don't, I, don't even, I don't even know. Please let us know if they are. Uh, you work for Aon. 
let us know. But you know, it's a huge dilution of the band, and as we we're saying, we're getting lost into into this this mess of Manchester United. But like we were saying before the show, Bartimo was asked about Pogba, the the Barcelona director. Bartimo was asked about Pogba, before, like over the weekend, and he said there's still twenty days left in the window. And there is for him. There isn't for Manchester United. And then the, that was the thing. Then, like, did you see the the quotes from Pogba? Yeah, on his end, like, yeah. uh, like you have to know, like, this is from Pogba himself. You have to know one thing: a player that gets chosen and is happy, you always feel more comfortable than when he's not happy. That's all I'll say. Yeah, like quotes like that. And then there's like, uh, if you're not happy, you cannot give your best, uh, or there are things that I cannot say, otherwise I will get fined. Like things like that is. Like, he was he was captain on Friday night. Like in East, this is after he's the match. Is he, he club captain now? No, he's not club captain. Who's but, club captain? Uh, Antonio Valencia is club captain for some reason. Uh, even though I, I don't know how much English he has, I've heard. No, so he's reason. like he's I've, well respected. Yeah. He's a good professional. Although Mourinho attacked him in preseason as well. He attacked everyone. He, he let, like, Valencia's um, not up to you know Valencia. He's not playing well. And really, it was like, odd then because after the match, uh, Mourinho was actually uh, he had a huge praise for for Pogba. He called him a monster. Like he only expected sixty minutes out of him, but he got eighty or so minutes. And I felt kind of like he was trying to save face or something. It was almost like an apologetic kind of appraisal for Pogba because. Like, like he attacked Pogba after the World Cup when he was asked like oh Pogba played so well at the at the World Cup and then Mourinho was like oh but he never does that for Man United kind of thing yeah and it feels like Mourinho has even come to his senses and realised that, that he should not have said that and now he's like how do I how do I bend over backwards for Paul Pogba yeah it's like well, how was how Mourinho found himself in this situation I don't think it's mad like there's the on further on from that point Chris Wheeler of the Daily Mail have you seen this tweet yeah, he covers Manchester United yeah. for the Daily Mail and I'm just as I was reading through some of the replies there as you were talking of it as well it's like just such it's so hard to say anything about any big club without getting completely destroyed by some part of the fan base like the pro Mourinho faction yeah. so he had the thing Mourinho had three chances to talk up Pogba on tour and talked him down i.e. as you said yeah the quotes about him not performing or as well for Man United as at the World exactly Club. and oh he was like talking about how great he was when he played defensively which he wasn't yeah. doing for Manchester United blah 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 now Pogba after being made captain and scoring goal as he said says he would be fined if he says what he wants about Jose and then and then you know when Manchester United are questioned about this they say it's media agenda media bias fake news yeah the classic it's a tough life <laughs> covering football clubs these days. It's a t- no, no, it is absolutely tough. But when you look at it, it's like, why? <sighs> it makes the whole media agenda thing from fans always makes no sense. No, like, I'm sure everyone has an agenda. That's people. People have agendas. There's a Everyone has a bias. Everyone has an ideology. You cannot be free from ideology. That's just human nature in general. You try to be. You try to be objective. You try to not bring things into it. But of course, everyone has it. But to believe that... Uh, like to believe that a, a view is written or something is reported, like because th- in these cases, like that's not uh, that's not a view being propagated for. That's not an opinion. That's not an op-ed piece. That's something that's happened. It is. Paul, Mourinho's been asked on three occasions about him, and on those three occasions, he talked him down. He made him captain, and then when Pogba's asked directly about it, he says the things he says. Like, you can't say anything about it, or otherwise he'll get fined. Yeah, you have like we can either we can either believe that he's lying, which is what probably Manchester United as an organization want us to believe, which in which case that throws Paul Pogba's whole character into question, which is what the club is doing if they yeah. want us to believe them, or we believe that there's something not going on right at this club. 
Yeah, like, there, as there are people that reply to the, that tweet is like, it's like, oh, what's your source for that? I was like, he, him, like, Paul Pogba is his source. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like, this that. stuff is like, but this is, that's the media, not the media, that is the world we're living in at the moment, that any mistakes by the media, any bad apples in the media, any, you know, anything that plates the media in a bad light is hopped on and yeah. attacked like mad, and then used to justify every other oh, we hate the media, we distrust the media, blah, blah, blah. Which is, you know, something the media has to cope with and rise above and to improve upon. We all agree on that. Like, when there's facts and there's video and there's audio and there's witnesses and none of it's believed because it doesn't fit your viewpoint. Like, and the, the, like it just, it's so frustrating. And this is something that the club, Manchester United, the club, is contributing to. As we said, uh, to start this whole conversation, that... Uh, we were talking about how it's being framed. The director of football is being brought into Manchester United. And that is being leaked to the press. There's no director of football coming into Manchester United in the near future. Like, it'll take it'll take so long to find a, a worthy candidate. Like, they're, they're very hard to find at the moment. Uh, the Like, a lot of clubs... Like, how long did it take... Who The director of football at Manchester City is... Uh, the, uh, Tichy, or Tichy. The man from Barcelona. Yeah. Um... Uh, the gear sign or something like yeah, that yeah I've, I've completely forgotten his name he's great friends with Mourinho he worked at Barcelona or not Mourinho he probably Pep. was friends with Mourinho at some point worked at Barcelona before worked with Pep had a good relationship with Pep Man City hierarchy said we're going to build this long term structure into what we wanted to build it into but we're going to do that by designing everything we want the youth set up we're going to build this massive academy we're going to put people actually good people in charge put Patrick Vieira in charge of that and they did well at the time he brought in director of football, he brought in certain coaching staff that would make a Pep-like organisation possible. They did that and they eventually got Pep and Pep works great with them and blah, blah, blah. And Pep looks likely to stay. He doesn't seem unhappy at all in the ways he did. Yeah, he other. signed a new contract over the summer. But even the way if you saw the Pep uh, Pep tactical masterclass thing Sky did uh, as part of their Premier League build-up, uh, Pep was there talking to Gary Neville and Jimmy Carragher and the presenter nobody remembers that's not Ed Chamberlain. Uh, the new guy I forget yeah. his name the guy, other guy that hosts the, the other guy football. I was just calling the other guy yeah the other guy he was there and Pep was you know talking in a way well one really would never talk like this guy would talk to you know would like answer questions and have you know just be open and answer just questions. basic human decency yeah, yeah stuff like that but uh, no but not not. I don't I don't want to put down Mourinho for that because I'm sure he is like decent and stuff like that but in a way that showed that when he was at Bayern he was at Barcelona there's no way he was chatting chatting chummy to the press like this and not in a way that oh I'm chums and everything like that in a way that there's a respectful relationship between them and they're talking about tactics and style and strategy and players and you know the football there's a trust there yeah but they're not talking about random stupid stuff they're talking about football yeah. football is a pure thing like whether it's you know whatever it is to you like it's just that's what that was built for Man City that environment was built to make Pep feel happy to bring in the best man yeah Rome was not built in a day like that exactly kind of... and to talk in Manchester United that there's going to transplant in a director of football who's available like Big Ron Atkinson to just bring in a real Ferdinand or something. Yeah, one like of the even players. like Nemanja Vidic. That's the only one as director of football. But like bringing in a former manager, like bringing in Steve Son as Ireland manager, did not work. And because they did that because Jurgen uh, Klinsmann, Jurgen Klinsmann was brought into Germany, and that worked. And kind of they got to a semi final at home, and then 
they've had the same manager <laughs> the, yeah. since with uh, Yogi Lo. That worked for them, but a lot of things also worked to create that environment, creating a big managerial team, you know, managing everything up and down. Yeah, hiring Jurgen Klinsmann alone was not what it got Germany the, the yeah. final. It, was... it, it smacks of reactionary, you know, yeah. stupidity. And it's, it's like, as you said, it smells bad for the whole Manchester United organisation that... They, la- this time last week, Mourinho was like talked to the press, his press, about how bad Ed Woodward was, about he wasn't getting his players, and then Ed Woodward, right at the cusp of the end of transfer window, says, "Oh, Mourinho could have signed all these players, but he didn't." <laughs> so he pushed the blame back, or it wasn't like that, but he said funds were available. Yeah, he said, she said, kind of exactly. Like, and now that backfired. no one's on the same page, but that all. backfired in Ed Woodward. He got bad press from that, so now he's saying this, which will play, try to placate other players, but that's not. And still put Mourinho out because then it would reduce Mourinho's power in the club. Yeah, by the so time like a director, the, by the time a director of football comes in, Mourinho might not even be manager yeah, anymore. No, and maybe that is maybe this is a maybe we're reading this all wrong. This is a long term plan to oh we're actually going to fix everything once we get rid of this fella. And it's you know it's it's Woodward playing for time yeah. after Mourinho goes, which seems inevitable. Like we're for one game in, and it's it it smacks. Exactly the same as last season with Conte. Yeah. When it seemed like, what's gone wrong at Chelsea? That they were champions and now they're looking like they're... <laughs> I mean, I don't even, they don't even have that to go no, with them. No, they don't, they don't, they don't have that to join. They have finishing... finishing second. Set, the worst... One of the worst... Like, we can't say one of the worst second places because we've had bad ones in recent times. But a second place that... The no furthest one, gap between first and second yeah. ever. And it looked like a second place that no one really wanted. Liverpool, or as we said before, were preparing for the European Cup final. Spurs were being Spurs. Yeah. And then... Arsenal and Chelsea were absolute basket cases below them. None, they never had a chance. It was almost second by default. It was, yeah, because Man City were that much, that much far ahead of everybody else. And it's you know, Man United are one. We're one game into this new season, and Man United won. We thought they'd win. It was Jower. It was Sandra Mourinho match. They still have good players coming back to them. You know, the likes, the World Cup players. That, uh, yeah, like Paul Pogba wasn't actually expected to start at all. He only came back to training have. on Monday. You probably should. Yeah, that could it's come back to bite them yeah. later like in the season. Like when they lose Pogba later on the season, whether they lose him to selling him for 100 million plus to Barcelona, or they end up losing him to injury. One of those will happen before like, yeah. 12 months are, is up, I would imagine. He's, I can't. Even if Man United switch managers, I can't see Pogba saying that. I, I thought Pogba going there was a weird move from Gecko, but I think it's been proven long term that maybe wasn't right for his career. It was right for Juventus, it looks like. Yeah, they, we'll they talk about Juventus later as well. They like could be factored yeah. club, but for Manchester United, they've, they've got this like milestone or millstone, that's the right word for it. They've got this weight around them, which is Paul Pogba, which is his transfer fee, which is okay, we have a manager who does not want to play with Paul Pogba, doesn't want to play with that style of midfielder. And then we have a midfielder we spent a fortune on that is objectively a very good player and can do a lot of good things, but doesn't fit in our system. So someone has to lose. And at the moment, it's with Manchester United fans. Because despite them finishing by default second last year, despite them winning an FA Cup two years ago. They, three, three years ago? Oh, is it that long ago now? Yeah, Europa League is what I'm, what I'm trying to think of. Winning the Europa League and qualifying for the Champions League you know, and doing all that, that was great for them. What are they building towards? They they have no formative way of playing football that we can see because they don't even play like classic Mourinho side of uh, back to front uh, aggressive counter attacking play. 
they don't play like that. They play like let's ping long balls to yeah. You, like the, the Friday night match was the closest to like a Mourinho performance to a T that we've seen yeah. in a regular match from Manchester United. Like that's called Claude Puel's. Yeah, you know, you know, but it wasn't pitch. impressive. Like they, they they started off pretty quick. Like they got that penalty really quickly, but then they just didn't build on that at, yeah. at all. Yeah. And the second goal just kind of happened. Which was where it was in the match. Like, it kind of just, oh, this was... Yeah, I don't. I wasn't surprised it happened, you know? Yeah. But, like, having a goal that early in the match, I don't think you can... I think the the the, the play after that goal went in, if that, that was the Manchester United play I was expecting. Yeah. And it was nothing. It was... It was just, like, Leicester City just controlled the ball, created yeah. a couple of chances to him, made a couple of saves, but nothing... Yeah. Too threatening because this was a not like you can say it's not a full strength Manchester United side that players missing for it wasn't a full strength Leicester side. Yeah, they were missing Jamie Verdi. Like, Jamie Verdi, he's their came on. key player, and he but did like, come on. Yeah, you can tell that they were lacking a bit of preseason Leicester. Yeah. Like there was a bit of rustiness. There's some misplaced passes everywhere. If that hadn't happened, you know the the penalty. You know, you know that after two minutes in a match, you give away a penalty. That's not good on your con- yeah. on your concentration. It doesn't look good on you. Like the rest of the team, they should have avoided the situation. Yeah, like it, it calms Manchester United nerves, yeah. it heightens Leicester's nerves, exactly. and then Claude Puel, like he's still manager of Leicester. City. Yeah, how long will he last? We spent an awful lot of time on. Yeah, let's Leicester move on to uh, Manchester City against Arsenal. You know, Manchester City. It kind of went yeah. as expected. I thought it did. Like uh, you saw, as as I talked about a bit last week, we saw the difference in play that that Arsenal are going to try and do this year, which is play everything out from the back. Yeah, and it really led to the most calamitous own goal that Sky never actually got to show live. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if, if anyone didn't see it, basically Arsenal played all goal kicks, almost all goal kicks, all throw-ins, all free kicks were played short. If they were in the back, obviously they went back to the keeper, and then if, if they had the ball at the back, Arsenal played around at the back, so the keeper would get involved a lot more. The problem is Petr Cech isn't the most confident 36-year-old on the ball. Like yeah, we saw younger. that last year. Yeah. Like I remember Swansea managed to nick a goal from Petr Cech. But he's not playing. Manuel Neuer, if he, you know, he's... He does play exactly where 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 Czech was playing in this match sometimes, but generally Manuel Neuer will move a bit more forward, so he's not standing directly in front of his goal when yeah. he's kicking the ball across it. And at one stage, he was standing on his line, on like the, the the end line of the play, and he decided to kick the ball with his. I think he kicked it with his good foot as well. His left foot. I think he kicked it well. Yeah, it was left foot. foot definitely. And he just missed. Does it skim the post? It just narrowly avoided the post. I went out for a corner. Went out for a corner at about one mile an hour. Yeah, it was moving the ball was moving so slowly. And the best part is Sky were showing a replay or something at the time, so you just hear something it's was oh! going on, and the commentator were like, "Oh god, oh god!" Yeah, and no one had a clue what was actually happening until oh. eventually a replay was shown. Yeah, and you know. Man City I don't think Man City were at their unstoppable the best like they were missing players like they were missing Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva and it didn't seem like they really missed them all no, that much but they were playing Arsenal and yeah, I know but, it's yeah. less of a joke this season than it was in seasons past and it's hard to criticise Unai Emery in his first matches no. at home to the champions but you saw Petr Cech was suffering yeah that, that was match. an odd decision I wonder why he went with Cech instead of Leno well there's talk going around that apparently Leno has been awful since he oh, at training and everything, he's just been bad. He cannot cope at all with the type of football that uh, Unai Emery wants to play, and it's yeah, and it's fallen to Petr Cech to kind of the expectations they spent twenty odd million on. Isn't oh, it twenty million God. they spent on? Yeah, on Leno. And he was brought in, and even when they brought him in, uh, Sven Mislintat was like, "This guy needs a bit of work to before, but he could potentially be like top grade, challenging Germany, you know, as a goalkeeper, challenging his international goalkeeper for Germany." 
and they brought him in and apparently he's not been very good he's very not sure underfoot he's not used to the high pressure which is ironic is, considering he comes from Germany is David Ospina still at the club he's um, they have him for sale they're hoping to, for him to depart before the end of the window do they have another kid they do they kept, they kept a few of them on board so they have uh, Martinez the Argentinian I think is still there I oh yeah I remember I don't think him. he went on loan but again, they don't have... Like, originally, I think, when Emery came in, he was linked with the Sevilla goalkeeper, the young Sevilla goalkeeper. I can't remember now. Yeah, I can't he remember. He was also name. linked to Real Madrid and Chelsea and all the other teams. I think he stayed at Sevilla as things have gone on. And But then Leno was signed because I think Leno talked already in motion when Emery was appointed that this was the goalie they were going to get for long-term successor to Petr Cech. But they need they need a replacement for Czech now. Like Czech, is, yeah, but like Czech's past. They were it. playing the Wenger form of football, which was not always you know it's passing football, but it's not always building up from the back. It's not always okay. Keeper's an extra outfield player. I think Leno would be fine, but as it's turned out, and that's the kind of Leverkusen don't play where he was previously. They don't play this high pressing, always on the ball, always dominating possession. Eleven players football. They play a more traditional pressing game in Germany you know a high octane pressing game from the front not from the back so if it was a different a different manager maybe Leno would be fine but Czech basically he played well enough for times but then the first goal went in from uh, the first goal was bizarre like it, oh, I don't know because it hit the it hit something that was behind the goal so it flew back out so it didn't even yeah. look like it hit the net yeah. and because of the way Petr Cech dived like the ball was a lot closer to him than it appeared. Yeah. Like I don't understand why he didn't put a, a arm out. Even if mis- the ball, I think w- he entirely misjudged it, and it shot his confidence afterwards. The rest, you saw the rest of the match. He was kind of like, he was. Yeah. The, he was, chow, the it was crowd was getting bad. on his back. It was as bad as I've ever seen Petr Cech. Yeah. The crowd um, were getting on. Well, I've seen him worse. But yeah, the crowd but, was getting were getting on his back, and they were like, "Hey!" Whenever he kicked the ball and stuff like that. And then was. the Emirates just poured out of the, like this fans just poured out of the stadium. Then, like by the time the final it's, whistle went, there was no one left. Like it's obviously, a, it's a tough start, though. I like I can understand. Like I know what you're saying. It looks bad on the fans' the side of view that. Like, but the, left early. there was the problem there this week. Like going going into this season, there was an actual air of positivity around yeah. Arsenal for the first time yeah. I, that I can remember. Yeah, and fun. then it all went away when the news broke that. Uh, Kronke had bought off the shares from Usman. I, I don't think I don't think that is the cause for this lack of. I think it is more the fixtures. Yeah, the fi- it's a got, very harsh start to the season. You know, there is there is arguments to make. Like it's, even the players didn't look a bit deflated at the end of it. Like when you are think, put yourself in the position of a player. Like footballers, we don't want to be you know write everyone with the same brush. Like uh, paint everyone with the same brush, but there is there is a stereotype of footballers being very uh, you know. They have one core value in their head, one core thing that motivates them. That's winning. They don't like. They don't say, "Okay, I'll win." That's yeah. my job. My job is to win. And whatever methods they have to use to get there, they will use. And that's why you see players being happy with Mourinho sides when they win trophies. Because even though they're playing very functional, not very nice, not very enjoyable football, like if you're if you're ever playing football in the park and you're like, "Okay, lads, don't touch the ball enough next uh, hour and a half." and just defend your life and run a lot and really put yourself you know really tie yourself out for no you know enjoyment whatsoever. play for the bib yeah exactly that's the you know but if you win that can motivate people so Emery has come in and he's decided to change the way you fundamentally play football from, from Wenger instead of having you know we are going to play to intercept we're going to play to control the football we want you know everyone to be on the ball pressing at all times that's the way we're going to play now 
and they're like okay we'll play like that it's a lot of work it's a lot of effort we have to put way more running in than we did previously you know under Wenger under other managers okay we're going to give this a try and then they get beaten so easily because it wasn't even like a great performance for Man City as you said it was just easy for them in the end and that kills your confidence so as a player you're like it's a lot easier if we win if we play the way you play but if we don't win and we're still tiring ourselves out like mad it's not going to endear him to the players and endear the style of football to the players let alone the fans who only want to see either want to see good performance like at least we look good against Man City the way the finger might have made them look good against Man City in a losing you know amicable losing defeat where they're playing high octane lovely passing football instead we have this running around players making mistakes because they're not used to the way to play the football yeah, the, both teams are a bit sloppy in possession it was quite, quite season, strange you know. yeah. and like Man City clearly uh, just have a bit of a World Cup hangover in that sense because like yeah. they were fortunate that like they could bring in players that weren't necessarily playing at the World Cup but as I said they were missing two of the best players uh, Leroy Sané did play even though he wasn't at the World Cup for yeah. some reason So like, but it was impressive that they could still be so good without such key players like you e- change things around. Like even Aguero is a bit of a handicap to them sometimes. That yeah, that he en- doesn't. En- he kind of ends the game early, then rather than you ends the the structure of play early rather than yeah. It's, he's right not decision. about his link up play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and but despite these flaws, they can still be so good. And it's almost like oh my god, they're just going to walk this league in, aren't they? Yeah, I I fully, kind of fully think no. Because like, like, seeing this weekend, Liverpool were good. Yeah, and like uh, they beat West Ham, they they managed. It's a better West Ham than say this time last year when Manchester United beat yeah, West Ham for. They now. were so comfortable being like they were. They were. If you was it the second goal, the Mane goal. Mane got two. So the f- was it the? Oh, I can't the second one now. was the one at the very end of the first half, yeah, and it went. That's that's the, the we're whole just, West Ham. West Ham were just switched off. No, they weren't. I don't think they were switched off. I think Liverpool just like that was a perfectly executed move. That they just oh they've they've done us. Yeah, they've the, caught was, us. There's three players who could score a goal here, and we're all out of the position. We're not. None of them are out of position. Yeah. They just got. They timed the runs perfectly. All three of them. That one of them got ahead of the line, and then could pass it backwards, which is what happened. And the goalkeeper just like it was like ah, four or five hell. West Ham players are just yeah. standing there, yeah. like what what's just happened? Yeah. They're just not well. Like West Ham have signed a lot of players. Yeah. And they're they're changing the form, format of football the same way as say Arsenal were as well and Chelsea. So they will have to need time to adjust, but this Liverpool, Liverpool seem to have 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 taken up where they left off last season. Yeah, it was a very impressive performance, but it does have to come with the caveat that it's the first game of the season. Yeah. Tougher tests will come than oh, West yeah. Ham at home. But, well, I want I still want to say like Liverpool were still good. Oh yeah, no doubt. I'm not going to take City that away from better. Like, yeah. Man City were playing a higher quality team away from home with more players out either through injury or. Through I all Liverpool were really missing was Jordan Henderson and. Alex Oxley Chamberlain might have been. Yeah, in and that he'll team be out well. for the rest yeah, of the season, basically. So. But, like, they were comfortable in defence, which is something we haven't seen Liverpool been in a long time, no matter who their opponents have been. And they were creating chances in different ways, and they still have. Like, they got Daniel Sturridge on the pitch, and he scored. Within 24 seconds. Yeah, but that's. Like, they Last season, they had a big problem with that. If they did. And the Champions League final, the case in point, Salah was off, injured. What they could do, they brought on uh, Danny Ings came on, I think. No, they brought on whatchamacallum Dominic Solanke. No, when Salah went off, they brought on the English player who used to play for Southampton, Adam Lallana. Adam Lallana was brought on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they adjusted how they played and did nothing. Like Mane became more central in the match, but if playing balls over the top team didn't work, that was it. 
now they have Sturridge back they can reform they have a plan B and a exactly. C and a D yeah exactly they seem well maybe not that many but they seem to bring in Keita has, has or Keita I don't Keita, actually, Keita has given them another avenue of midfield creation that they didn't have last year and like he had a very solid debut like he played yeah. very well and having Sturridge then as well also creates that but to bring it back to the original point Man City were still more impressive without the players that they were missing yeah, and like if they were if they had played each other yesterday, Liverpool might have won. Liverpool. But that's down to the fact that Liverpool just seemed to beat Man City yeah. every time. But like that's a problem Liverpool are trying to overcome with squad depth that they haven't. They can match any team on their day, which they did in Champions League final for a lot of the final before they got wiped out by Real Madrid in the end, and which they did against Man City multiple times last season, on except for the time they got wiped out by Man City early on in the season. Yeah, but five 0 and that but Man City. Just beat everybody else, so it didn't matter. Yeah, they went on what an eighteen game winning streak. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't they're, matter. They're so consistent yeah. that there's no stopping. And I think them. that'll be this season. I think Liverpool will be outstanding at times. Liverpool could like just as easily win the double over Man City in the Premier League and then come sixteen points behind them. Yeah, I I think Liverpool will easily break eighty points this season, which in other years has been enough for a league title. Yeah, like like and that's second place. Second yeah, place with eighty points think, is harsh, but it has like, not not to get too much into the numbers. But I think Man City will get ninety odd points this season with the league, and I think it, Liverpool maybe eight points behind. Yeah, that's my guess. It, at, least, at least at least <laughs> that, that is my verdict. At least it'll be uh, somewhat close. Yeah, uh, and I think Man, you know, we'll see Man United will be. I I had them near it as well, but we'll see. Yeah, and that'll do us for uh, part one of the show. Join us after the break for our European preview. Marcelo. By Coutinho, what a goal that is! Lift off for Brazil! Last season saw very little change at the top of European football. Barcelona, Juventus, Bayern Munich and PSG all won their, their league titles and Real Madrid won a third consecutive Champions League. However, it's been a summer of change around the big teams in Europe. In La Liga, Real Madrid have lost Zinedine Zidane. Cristiano Ronaldo, did we ever think we'd see the day when Cristiano Ronaldo left Real Madrid? Yes. Did we think we'd see it so soon? Yes. I hoped, I actually hoped we uh, Ronaldo would have left. But did you think he would actually would have, though? Yeah, because I think, well, I was hoping Real Madrid would sell him, which they did in the end as well, because I think it, it holds, for all the greatness of Cristiano Ronaldo at the club, it has held them back from evolving as a team that they had him for nearly 10 years and in that time that they evolved they just became more and more reliant on him yeah especially by the end yeah by the end like he was carrying them carried them through finals I think that second Champions League they got the one that they finally retained it like Ronaldo scored three hat-tricks in a row in three different matches like it was absurd they would never even got out of like I think Napoli Napoli would have done them that year yeah if they hadn't gone through that and Zidane probably wouldn't have lasted that season but I think it's good for them they can rebuild they are rebuilding they're changing the way they're playing it's not going to be done in one season but I think they're they're evolving the way they're changing they're bringing in a kind of a stopgap manager after Zidane which uh, Lopetegui is going to come in and he, he's going to promote a lot of Spanish players and, Spanish and play. Gareth Bale is kind of a stopgap as well even yeah. though he's been there for a few years like you'd feel Gareth Bale was for sale but no one could afford him this summer and I felt like oh we you know they can't really sell Ronaldo and Bale in the yeah. same summer so maybe give Bale a season yeah. see if he can stay fit see if he can lead the line in the yeah. way Ronaldo did and if he doesn't quite do it, they can easily just sell him next summer yeah. for someone. Like, my United will probably pick him up I for some reason. I think having Ronaldo in this team has hurt Perez and his Galacticos type of... 
he always does want to be signing the best players but when you have Ronaldo in your team taking up one taking being the focal point of your whole team and secondly taking up such a huge proportion of your wage bill which yeah. he was like he probably probably could replace four or five players top grade players with Ronaldo's salary but it's been interesting that they haven't been bringing in like they brought in Thibaut Courtois but that's not a goalkeeper's not a Galacto signing and they would no. have made that signing regardless of if Ronaldo was yeah. there or not they've offloaded Kovacic for the year because he wants to play more football they, but he'll be back in he'll be year, back most, most likely because he's seen as a long term successor to Modric although could Modric go this, I don't think he will but he's been linked with Inter Milan if I were if I were Real Madrid I'd sell him now yeah if I were Real Madrid I'd also sell him now because this is going to be like last season we didn't expect Barcelona to be as good as they were in terms of the league and they won the league comfortably in the end they nearly did it undefeated if you remember and that was meant to be a transition season for Barcelona now I think this season is also going to be a bit of a transition season for Barcelona because they will again they're pushing they've got rid of Iniesta they're trying to change they've lost Paulinho how will they survive (laughs) they're gradually changing the way they've played and they're moving back I think they're going to promote a lot of youth players this year and they're going to try yeah they they lost Digne they managed to basically offload all their terrible players yeah well Yarimina isn't a bad player but he didn't fit in yeah he was a waste of non-use space to them Andre Gomez he never lived up to the potential no but these are players they signed in and some of them were Spanish players as well they signed in to try and replace other players but now they're They've kind of settled on their first team squad. They've, you know, the rules in, in, in La Liga, you have to, you can only list three non EU players in your squad uh, for a match. And the, uh, Coutinho's managed to get a Portuguese passport now, so he's a EU citizen. Uh, Suarez already was, Messi already was. So it gives that kind of gap for these younger players that they're trying yeah, to Yeah, they brought in Arthur as well from Brazil, I think. Yeah, he was and in Malcolm Brazil. as well as a non EU player. Oh, yeah, they signed Malcolm. So they're trying to promote these players through and give them chances and opportunities. I think they will have a lot of opportunities this year, as well as bringing more in from from Barcelona B, as well to try and take up space in them. But to go to Real Madrid, I think they've signed a lot of Spanish players in recent years. They've got the Lapetegui in there to try and get the best out of the Spanish players, which he did at youth level and which he did up until when he was sacked by the Spanish national team. And he has older elderly players, for lack of a better word, to kind of bounce off as well, who have a lot of winning experience that he can kind of leverage it's the, not a complete squad overall no. no not yet but there's still like I said there's still 20 days left in the Spanish transfer window they yeah. still could make another the, interesting, interestingly the Italian window does close on Friday I believe yeah. so if if Modric is to go to Inter Milan it has to happen in the next few days yeah and it, the last I heard it's most likely that Modric will actually just sign a new contract at Real Madrid yeah and go next year so. but, but the thing is as well like this is probably the last chance Real Madrid will have to make big money on Modric but then again do Real Madrid need big money no yeah they've they already like, got the 100 not, million I don't think they're making big money on Modric anyway I don't I don't think the cost of replacing Modric the replacement fee of Modric would be in a huge excess over anything they can make on him between this year and next year yeah. like having him for that one extra season having that experience because like he ran more than anybody in the World Cup it's, it's not like he's passed it in terms of his fitness but it like seems that. like it could be a bit of a Xavi scenario like Xavi was fantastic obviously and it, yeah. in 2015 like he he was crucial to Barcelona winning the, the treble and he yeah. was he was less important at the, he was, no he wasn't at the World Cup the summer before but like that that was like the end of uh, Xavi's yeah. peak kind of or not this post peak but still really good and it seemed like oh after that after that treble win it was like oh Xavi can go for another couple of years yeah. but he just completely fell off a cliff Yeah, and the same I, could happen to I Modric. feel Modric is more in the Iniesta camp 
where I know what you're saying about Sabi kind of his he it didn't fall off a cliff because he did play like his yeah. last game was the Champions League final, wasn't it? Against did he, Juventus. But did he not do another season? No, that was last season, I think. Was it? I think it was. Oh, I thought he did another season. But you know, he still could do that. Yeah. You know, he could come out for a few minutes in a big game. But Modric, I think, is more in the Iniesta mold. Is like Iniesta kind of had that kind of wind down as well in his last season and a half where he was bad in matches or he wasn't up to the pace of matches but he still produced at the highest level when called upon he still played he, I probably think he was Spain's best player in the World Cup he carried that team in a lot of matches through his experience through his willpower through his organisation he got through he got Barcelona there. through a lot of tough matches last season he did as well, as well. You know, still he still unbeaten. had it and I think that's Modric I think Modric is in that similar vein I think I'd be more worried about other team players in that team having fall or fallings off this season. The likes of Tony Kroos, maybe the likes of uh, Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema, Casemiro wasn't up to scratch last season compared to his the high levels he set in previous years, and they've done nothing to arrest any of those problems. Like so, like Real Madrid, they have bought a lot of youth. They have a lot of youth in and around the team, and that you know that Lachegi is meant to take advantage of that. But there's still fundamental problems there. Like maybe they'll play Bale as a more central striker now and that'll give them a lot more freedom to create a more structured and defensive unit in midfield to kind of placate having that one player up front on their own. I don't think Benzema's going to play much this season at all. He did fantastically well in the Champions League right at the end <laughs> despite not scoring any goals the rest of the season. He scored the two most hilarious goals in Champions League history. Yeah, probably that probably, you know, he'll have won four Champions Leagues, he'll have won La Ligas, he'll have scored loads of goals, he'll have assisted Ronaldo. He'll have scored the Champions League final. But no matter what, it's the goal against Liverpool which he was, We can't forget the goal against Bayern Munich. And then the goal against Bayern Munich, which ended might have ended two goalkeepers' careers. He could have ended two goalkeepers' careers. <laughs> By accident, is that like yeah. Benzema didn't be to do no, either of those No, you, it was not entirely intended at all. That's that's uh, Benzema's legacy, the goalkeeper killer. Yeah, basically, among other non but then the, football related. When things. it comes to the the title race in La Liga, like for the last few years, it's been Real Madrid. It's been. Barcelona and then Atletico Madrid yeah. just kind of off to the side. But Atletico finally made signings. Yeah, and they've held on to Griezmann and they've held on to Oblak, held on to Diego Godin and Jimenez. Yeah. They, I don't think there's been any major departures there. No, they they still lack a couple of players that they wanted to get. Like Lacazette, I think would have been ideal for them to have even as a plan B. Yeah, and they probably would have gotten him last they, summer. Well, they agreed to sign him yeah. last summer. <laughs> just fell through. But I think it's a player like that they could still use because they have lost Torres. They have lost their kind of. Up. Don't worry, they brought in Nikola Kalinic. I know Kalinic. Like, it's it's a funny. They're a funny little team. Atletico Madrid. Simeone is still there. I'm still waiting for him to run out of steam because there's only so much you can ask of players before they lose their minds. But to be fair, he has brought in like the like obviously uh, the squad numbers was a huge issue at the end of the last season. They managed to still win the Europa yeah. League. But uh, I know a problem you've had with them in previous conversations had is that the players get burned out, they're getting older now, but they've managed to address that issue. Like, obviously, Kalanich is 30, but everyone else is 20, 22, maybe. Like, they brought in Rodri, they brought in Thomas Lamar, they brought in uh, a new right-back, Santiago Arias, who's young as well, who yeah. can at least fill the squad numbers. Like, they've lost Verzalco to Inter Milan, but they've managed to bring in a replacement. Yeah. So, like, they've managed to inject a bit of youth into the squad as well as a bit of depth, yeah. which is important. Yeah, it, I, I get what you mean, but I still don't... Barcelona and Real Madrid just seem to always kick ahead of them. 
bar they that did, one they, season. They did win it in 13-14. And they did yeah. finish second last year, didn't they? Yeah, in the end. Uh, but like Barcelona, I wouldn't have expected much of them last year, and they, they just dominated that league. Messi is just still that good. Yeah, is Messi the difference? Is Messi going to win another league title yeah. on his own? I think, I think so, because... There's still time left. I expect Barcelona to do a bit more business before it's over. Yeah, they and did I, bring in Artur Vidal, which was a bit of a strange signing. Well, they brought in him because they got because Iniesta's gone and they're trying to be a more direct team now. And as we said, Rakitic hasn't had a good World Cup, didn't have a great Barcelona season last year. Not, they're not the team they were 10 years ago. Yeah, and they can't go back. They're, they're trying to move away from that controlling, all, all-encompassing possession football. And Artur Vidal is someone who will take the ball and move forward with it drive with it with dribbles as well as clever passing which is something that they didn't have but they the, had in a different quantities last year but the concern around Vidal is like there were after he moved to after the move was confirmed to Barcelona like obviously there was a story going around that the fee had been agreed with Inter Milan he was offered to both Manchester clubs and they both turned him down like there's concerns over his knees like he had yeah, knee surgery recently lost, yeah so like they obviously the fee, risk, the fee they've spent on him isn't Astronomically high, it's twenty-seven million euros. Considering they've I think. made money, from yeah, Paulinho and other, and uh, all Everton basically. They've still got Neymar money laughing around. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if they still have that, but they did spend a lot of money on Philip Coutinho and who's been to Belle. So, but yeah, it's not a, it's a, it's a low risk, but it is still a risk. Yeah, like if he gets injured, like who, the, who else they have? They have Rakitic, they have Busquets. Like the two of them are also getting on. Yeah, the I agree. 31. I agree. That's why I don't think their business is done yet. And I think them they think to Paul Pogba or Paul Pogba S. Claire. And maybe if they don't get him at summer, but they get him at Christmas. Like Coutinho yeah, this year. seems very similar to the Coutinho story. Yeah, Unsettle we'll the player. Yeah, just make sure to stick with him. Obviously, yeah. Mino Raiola is uh, yeah. Paul Pogba's agent, so. Yeah. And I'm he's sure in business he's before with yeah. uh, Barcelona, even though he's badmouthed them at the same time. Yeah, well, I think who hasn't uh, bad, who hasn't he badmouthed? Yeah, true, point? true, true. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I would fancy Barcelona for just on the basis that Real Madrid are in this season of transition, and Atletico, I don't think they have the the staying power. I I have the belief in the team spirit of Atletico Madrid. No, like, I'll, I'll go with Atletico to win yeah, the title this season. They could season. well do it. They could well do it. They, you know, they they struggled last year and they still came kind of close to Barcelona. Yeah. So I think the new signings are decent. I think they. I don't think that they'll improve on last season's Champions League performance, but I don't think they'll go back to the ways of getting to another final is in Real Madrid. <laughs> If that happens, we just don't let the Champions League at this point. It's yeah, like eliminate and, Yeah, it'll just destroy the Champions League, burn it to the ground. Uh, but then in Serie A, we talked about Ronaldo leaving uh, Real Madrid. Did you think he'd go to Juventus? No, I didn't think that. I thought Paris or maybe return to England were, would have been much more likely. But there we go. Uh, Juventus stopped up the cash. A lot of money. That's a and record I, sign in, in Italian football. Oh, yeah, but yeah. most definitely is. Uh, and Poor Higuain. Or for a lot of reasons he's out in the land now uh, but like he's he is a winner he, oh, yeah, I no think doubt. his he said previously like he, he always badmouthed Serie A Ronaldo and he always never wanted to play there and he said that doesn't, that's not my kind of football but I think in his stage of career now I think he will get a lot of space in Serie A that he wouldn't have been afforded in certainly not in England certainly not in Germany but def, you know definitely will get it in Italy yeah. that where he won't be He'll be man-marked, he'll be marked hard, but the games will be a lot slower. The games will be will be a lot more focused on um, incidents rather than uh, entire team build-ups the way they are in Spain. So in other words, he'll have a big cross to somebody yeah. and then he'll finish it. 
rather than in Spain where the whole team has to make a move and he has to be running this way and that way and making space for himself. He'll yeah, only have to be, he'll be like, much more a moments based. And Allegri's built such a uh, a well oiled machine yeah. at Juventus that you think that he the addition of Ronaldo team, yeah. is like the final cog almost. Yeah. Like Higuain was. Higuain kind of was enough to stave off Napoli, but now they need they're pushing hard for the Champions League. Yeah. Like it almost feels like this is Allegri's last real push yeah. because he wants that Champions League. Yeah. And it wouldn't shock me if he left in twelve months if they won it. Like it would yeah. be the final high to go out on. Yeah. To to get that treble probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well like we talk about Juventus as the Serie A being a done deal, but I think Serie A is more competitive than it was last season. But the big competitor for them last season was Napoli yeah Napoli are done yeah they Napoli brought in Carlo Ancelotti Carlo Ancelotti great manager never never been that great it just league. doesn't suit they don't have the money Napoli though like but the transfers that other clubs have made in Italy have been fantastic I think yeah the Inter Milan brought in Rajan Angelin they brought in uh, they brought in Rosalco as I mentioned they're still linked to Modric they're yeah. still linked to they brought in Stefan de Vrij on a free like, yeah. that could be an amazing uh, transfer they brought in somebody else this morning who I completely missed oh I didn't see that uh, but they are signing players kind of missing gaps in there and Spalletti's an excellent manager yeah it's the second season as well now they've yeah. held on to Akari they've held on to Perisic yeah and like, Danovic is still decent in goals but they should have an actual strong entirely strong team now Roma are still making good signings as well players we don't know Monchi Monchi you know he is he is a speaking wizard. of director of football yeah he is a wizard you know like maybe Manchester United could do with Monchi but oh, I, don't Monchi would, in England. I don't think Monchi and Ed Woodward would work together well because Ed Somehow, Woodward only yeah. seems to understand big name football and Monchi is the exact antithesis to that but the, as you say I can, like Milan have signed Higuain they've signed and they brought in Cal- that was a bizarre transfer they offloaded Benucci back to Juventus yeah Benucci and Caldera uh, swapping with Higuain also coming in on loan and like there was an interesting quote from Chiellini uh, I'm just paraphrase like oh we've sacrificed the long term with Caldera by bringing back Benucci like it really it really does feel like they want the Champions League more than anything right now yeah but that's they're know. willing to even sacrifice the league like if, if Inter Milan do push yeah. them I, I, I don't see that Ronaldo will still want a record in, you know he'll want to break that Higuain record poor Higuain yeah, <laughs> he's suffering enough poor Higuain he just loses things you yeah know? That's all, that's he's not life. allowed to have nice things anymore no, it's a lot of life really but uh, even the Higuain transfer to AC Milan is he doesn't complete that team but it is a yeah. signing they desperately needed they needed someone that can get goals like they sold Andre Silva who never really did yeah, it for, yeah, it, for he got his first Serie A goal in like March yeah not like, great, yeah, not great. He, he did well in the Europa League but they need someone who they know will definitely get 20 goals yeah. this season for yeah. them and Higuain will do that yeah. and they they brought in someone else like Caldera as well is a a good signing just because he is touted as the next leader of Juventus yeah. and now he's had AC Milan yeah. so I imagine he's going to be touted as the next leader of AC Milan possibly, possibly. Paolo Maldini is Maldini back in the Leonardo squad are back, yeah. in the, are back in the not in the squad but yeah the... <laughs> no, they probably could use them in fairness but they're back in the kind of administration Kaká is back as a, an intern I believe he was uh, the role it's a bit weird okay Kaka. but he's there yeah he's there they're trying to bring back the old crew and... yeah maybe make a move for Carlo at some point too and that yeah, fails and uh, there was talk of Antonio Conte being uh, brought in as manager poor Gattuso uh, uh, hope, we hope we don't lose Gattuso but uh, Conte still has to sort out Chelsea yeah I think he I still think, believes he's owed 9 million or something yeah I think Conte 
we'll see what that'll happen for him but I think Conte might be for next year for yeah he'll wait to see what where the, the chips lie when it comes to the big clubs in Italy next year because maybe Juventus might be back open and he could go back there oh that would be mental yeah but uh, it's interesting that Inter Milan are in the Champions League again for the first time in several years now it feels like since they won it but I know yeah. they were back in it a couple of years after that yeah um, but there'll be a pot four team and the, no one's going to want to draw them no, but Spalletti doesn't have a great record in Europe. Yeah, but of the like, it's the those fact Roma that they remember those Roma teams. Yeah, how many times they lose seven one? At least yeah. three times. Yeah, uh, it was a span of ten years or something yeah. like that. But of the teams at the bottom, you think Celtic, Arab pot four team that you'd want to avoid, like Inter Milan or no offense to Scott, Scott to Scottish football, yeah, they're better. They're de- yeah, definitely. Yeah, it could it could throw up some interesting groups, and then you know. Yeah, and like Liverpool, United draw an Inter. Liverpool he, are in pot three despite being in the final last year. Yeah, so it, it could be goes, some very interesting. Finished, it's based on league form. And yeah, so we could get a very interesting few groups in the could, Champions League know, end. I just want Man United and Inter in the same group just so Paris can play at Old Trafford and make Mourinho happy. Mourinho, <laughs> Mourinho go back to his old club as well. That that would that be his first time going back to Inter? Uh, it must be. Uh, did he ever go back with Real? I don't think so. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's not often he goes back to his old clubs. He went back to Chelsea. Yeah, he's gone back to Chelsea a few times. So that's just yeah, because Chelsea, Inter, like, yeah, on the way to the Champions League. They knocked out Carlo, wasn't it? Yeah, poor Carlo. Yeah, poor Carlo. He, yeah, I suppose he's won another. He's won a few Champions League, so he's maybe, fine. Maybe he has, yeah. And then Bayern Munich, the Nico Kovac era has begun. I watched some of this match. They played their the whatever the Super Cup the kind of yeah. thing against Eintracht Frankfurt. Five one. No, was Lewandowski got a hat trick, didn't he? Oh, it was just it was poor. Like the you're looking at this, and I know Frankfurt have lost their manager. They've lost their <laughs> yeah, players. they've lost them to Bayern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but like you're looking at that, and you're like, oh no, this season is going to be another walkover for Bayern, even though they're not going to be as good. As it's last it's season. a it's a season of transition for pretty much all the big like even Bayern Munich it's a season well, of transition City, it's not a season of transition no I mean in the Bundesliga oh in the Bundesliga yeah because like Niko Kovac is coming in he's going to take time to bet in he's if they give him he's not going to bet in Niko Kovac is the epitome of a one season one season stopgap manager yeah they failed to get Thomas Tuchel they failed to get uh, Julian Nagelsmann Julian Nagelsmann but like that's the thing like Julian Nagelsmann has agreed to be Leipzig manager next year yeah like that that news broke with the World Cup that's a bit weird to see a manager confirm yeah a year ahead that's a bad sign as well I'd say it won't, that won't help his because Hoffenheim are in the Champions League this year but they'll be pot four like a, they might be a handy draw yeah wouldn't expect much from them this year just because it's never like remember when Manuel Pellegrini was announced to be leaving City at the yeah, end of the season kind of ruined everything it's City before, were dreadful after that the managers announced yeah. their resignation uh, or they were going to retire like that's why Ferguson waited so late to do it yeah they because, waited till the league was done yeah because when he did it in 2002 it kind of they, Sven well no it was going to be Van Halen in 2002 well, Sven was linked with the yeah was Van Halen was yeah. going to get the job he was going to join for Barcelona but it didn't didn't materialise for him. He had to wait 10 Destiny years. found its way yeah, it in did. the yeah. end. Yeah, he eventually got his way 10, 12 years later. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, Lucien like, Favre has I come in at Dortmund as well. I don't see... I do not... Like, good manager Favre, you know, he has been weird mental issues with certain things and he, he has... He, not mental issues is a terrible thing to say. But he has a way of... Uh, he struggled in Germany before. No, he has a way of burning out, burning himself out mentally yeah. and requiring breaks from it and... Dortmund is a pressure cooker 
and they're not going to get that close to Bayern Munich so there's going to be a lot of pressure and negativity around that club all season long yeah I don't see anyone challenging Bayern no, Munich Bayern and like I don't know I, I assume you remember this from last season but like the Orby Leipzig were in the Champions League they were dreadful Dortmund got knocked out in the group stages yeah. granted it was a tough group but they they didn't really ever look like getting out of the group Who was there even a fourth team I don't think there was a fourth team in the Champions League like it was just Bayern Munich in the knockout stages for Germany yeah. like that's wouldn't surprise me if it was that again this year yeah. and that's not good for German football no like it just doesn't seem it's like it's in a good place right you know, now this, this happened the, this happened 2000 when Bayern got to, uh, to 99 Champions League final then they won it in 2001 and they were like okay now Bayern showed German football because they'd won it a few years earlier with Dortmund as well and Dortmund had been there thereabouts so there was like different clubs challenging in later stages of European football, you know, this should build for Germany for the next 10 years and it didn't materialise because all the talent sucked into Bayern Munich. Bayern Leverkusen got to the final with a very, a team that cost nothing in 2002, beat Manchester United along the way, beat other great teams along the way and just all their team went to Bayern Munich and then Bayern Munich assumed everything, won the league without any difficulty year after year. Didn't matter who, didn't matter who the manager was, they just win anyway. And I think we're falling into that same trap again with them. That it doesn't matter matter who the manager is. It's because like it's almost like the it's just a really good version of the Swiss league. <laughs> like where Basel win it every yeah. year. Although Basel didn't win it last year. But that was like a oh my god, Basel didn't win it. It was young boys, I think, won it or something. Yeah. Oh young boys. Yeah, great name. Or old boys though. Um but like it just feels like it's a, a like a better quality version of the Swiss league. Yeah, which is not a good place for no. German football but this happens and it goes like, especially after such a poor World Cup performance. Yeah, we'll see because sometimes Germany surprises you with things and Bayern just are bad, and then the other teams actually oh Wolfsburg out of nowhere again. Yeah, Wolfsburg spent a bit of money and they got away. Or, but then like Dortmund naturally built that. You know, they have good teams that break into this level, like Frankfurt last year. Which is like, where did that come from? Good management. Yeah, that's it. So Germany so, does yeah. have that underlying it, so it could happen. But I like I just in terms don't of excitement at the top, I don't see it happening. And then Liga, is there anything <laughs> worth no mentioning? Yeah, <laughs> we move Kinsey on. Way played. He scored a goal. It was a terrible goal. Can are terrible. PSG don't have to do anything, and they're going to win that league. But can Thomas Tuchel push no. Paris Saint Germain no. forward in no. Europe? You said they weren't here. There was there was like can. Uh, Wad did score a good goal from Harrying and it was a terrible goal to give away a terrible mistake Yeah, the ball that he blocked a shot that went in, he blocked a clearance that went into the net from him just Harrying but every team's not going to do that against them he, or they're not going to do that against every team Neymar didn't try did Neymar play? oh yeah he scored oh my God. Minutes. it was terrible like, oh God. A, a, a straight ball straight ball played through the midfield and Neymar was there through one on one he didn't really even celebrate. He kind of just hugged uh, Angel Di Maria. Angel Di Maria is still a parasite in round. Yeah. Oh my God. No, but this is it. Like, they're starting to be a bit aged. And yeah. They're going to become a joke. At some, like, it's almost like a retirement villa. Even though these players aren't at retirement age. Yeah, Neymar like, is old. Uh, the closest thing Can came to score was a, a, a terrible Thiago Silva attempt at a clearance where he nearly put it into the top corner. It was an excellent save from Buffon. To keep them out. Buffon is there. There's such a random globe yeah, of like, old players. They're not. I don't see them doing anything. Anymore. Do you think they'll uh, sign Wayne Rooney after his performance in America last night? No, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> did anyone else see this? Wayne Rooney. Uh, they were two all. Orlando and DC United were two all. And it was the 96 minutes. Yeah, 96 minutes. Corner to Orlando. Their keeper had gone for, or 
corner to DC, DC United DC United's keeper had gone forward was in the box they had a header cleared off the line amazingly and then ball played forward and this guy just needed to either he could he should have just taken a shot from like just inside the half but instead he tried to run I don't know why to get an easy tap in maybe and didn't count on Wayne Rudy chasing back and making a slide tackle <laughs> kicking the ball forward a little and then playing a wonderful ball in whatever the Orlando keeper was doing at this point like the, the DC keeper is still in, in the vicinity yeah. he made a better attempt at it he came out and then headed from what 18 it, it was not a good look for uh, MLS though no, cause like, like and Rooney didn't ha- they were all celebrating and Rooney didn't celebrate at all nah, he kind of walked off yeah. I was like this is like why am I here yeah, as if he's was, playing with a bunch of kids that are below him it was like nice he, to see Wayne Rooney being really good again though but he didn't he made a slight tackle and it kicked him off yeah it was good to just see him run like that was that was really well, his prime just running yeah, hitting long balls uh, nowhere really. I don't know. Uh, but that'll do us for our big European preview talking about MLS. Uh, join us after the break. We'll close out the show, looking ahead to this week's Premier League fixtures. Mercado steps across at the other end. Oh, that's a gift for Rebic, who finishes it absolutely magnificently. Welcome back. Now, as we uh, look ahead to uh, match day two of the Premier League, another thirty-seven games to go. Are we looking forward to another thirty-seven weekends like this? Are we? This was not a great weekend. Just you're playing Arsenal. So yeah, that's that. that's the big game. Saturday. It, that that evening. should be interesting. It's two new managers, two new eras of the two clubs. It's not like they played each other two weeks ago in uh, a friendly where basically both will play this. Yeah, you, you actually went to that match. Yeah, they both played. What the team? What, what do we have to look forward to? Chelsea were poor. Arsenal were poor. We're looking at a poor game. We're not even going to get a penalty shootout out of it. No, either. we're not even. Uh, like. I would say Arsenal will probably go to try and win this because they've obviously lost their first match. Emery will they've be- had a good record over Chelsea ever since Conte came in. Yeah, but no, Conte's gone. Yeah, they <laughs> so to- <serious> there. <laughs> and um, like, gone. I'm not yeah. impressed by Chelsea so far. They've sold Bapioko to... Uh, was it Bapioko they sold to Inter? Uh, on loan to Milan. On loan to Milan. Like, they're losing cover that they don't have to lose. Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, he's still there. They yeah, got Ross Barkley's still Ross. there. Well, they're playing at different positions now. Like, Bapioko's defensive midfield. Conte's back. And perhaps the Conte, or if they get... Like, if I was if I was Emery going into this match, I was just like, okay, we're going to flood midfield and Conte won't be able to... De- like, will he be able to deal with it? But he won't be... He'll be out of the match and he won't be able to clear up as much as normal. Like, play three at the back and then just flood them because Morata's no use to anybody. Yeah, Morata was totally anonymous against us. They took... Three minutes, I think, for him to miss. An absolutely amazing chance. Granted, he was eventually ruled offside, but I don't think he knew that when he took the no, shot. that's the thing. His, his confidence, whatever was there, it's was shot. just gone. He should have been sold back to Italy. They should have tried to get anybody. They could have got Higuain. Yeah, they almost got Higuain, but he just seemed poodle to that Juve, Milan, yeah, swap kind of, deal. Yeah, they could have got somebody else. That was Cal- such a weird Cal- deal. Kalinic was available. <laughs> they could have gone for him. Kalinic at Chelsea. Yeah, Blackburn legend. Like, Giroud will come back. I don't think... Will Giroud be back for this match? I don't think so. He might. They might rush him back because it is against Arsenal. He might want to make a point or something, but... It's on Stafford Bridge, at least. So it's yeah. not a welcome back to the Emirates type. No, but I I don't think he'd be harshly remembered. As like, no, Arsenal fans seem to like Olivier like, Giroud. I think... I think Arsenal will have a bit better performance against Chelsea than they had against. Like, the Arsenal attacking display wasn't terrible against Man City. But they just got caught offside a lot, yeah. which was frustrating to watch. Yeah. Just Aaron like, Ramsey why is this? Why are you always offside? Why did Aaron Ramsey play the centre forward? 
Yeah, although I did think it was interesting that Emery eventually hooked Emery, or not Emery himself, but he hooked Ramsey. <laughs> he took himself off. <laughs> that I, would be is, I'm, I'm just playing, I'm just managing the crap. Uh, but he took off Ramsey and Jacka, which I don't remember Wenger doing often at all, not no, near the end of his stint. Yeah. So it is interesting that like star players of that club will not be given special treatment no. anymore. No, but again, when he, the players he brought on didn't really make much sense either. And they're yeah. losing more to defend the defenders like Ainsley, Maya, Ainsley Maitland Niles he's injured injured Jacka. he was on a yellow he had to be taken off <laughs> you know uh, like but can these players now start like a lot, they, Arsenal looked a lot better when Lacazette came on for Ramsey like I feel like he needs to be starting even if yeah, it's not in his best Emery position Emery doesn't trust Aubameyang to press so that's why he's not playing him centrally he doesn't press from the front he's leaving him to kind of out the wing where he'll have to do less defensive work and can kind of still pounce with his pace and everything like that, but I he's still getting to know these players. Yeah, it's it, but Sarri is similar. Like the I two, know that's why I would the, back this Emery match has kind of come Sarri's too success. soon for both yeah, clubs. That's why I back Arsenal in this match. I, I probably a goal scoring draw, like a one all draw. Yeah, match. that one shocked me. If I was to pick one winner for it, it, would be Arsenal at this point because Emery's had that extra month with the players and Sarri. Yeah, that whole stuff with Sarri not joining the globe like that that could be detrimental. To like they got, they beat Huddersfield three 0 but. It is Huddersfield. Yeah. They Huddersfield will not be targeting those matches for points. No, no, it's like anything's bonus in those matches. Yeah. And then Spurs play Fulham, the final Wembley match, I believe. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, Fulham were unlucky against Palace. Yeah, they played well. It was a bit. They were a bit naive. Like it is kind of the players that were caught out were like their Premier League experience players. Yeah, but it is, like it's the kind of match that you're not surprised to see from a team when they get promoted. Of oh, they play the kind of style that they played in the championship and you know they're expected to win 2 or 3 nil because eventually they'll break down what is a poor defence yeah. but they met a Premier League defence that is well drilled and knows how to yeah. take on a, a, an attacking side and were able to just pounce on the counter attack yeah. and I so. think Roy Hodgson really targeted this match yeah Roy, Roy knew Roy the boy knew what he was doing yeah because uh, I know because we'll come on but just to go straight into the Crystal Palace match next week they're playing Liverpool next Monday night a lovely rivalry. I think Liverpool are going to crush Palace. And they'll make a point to crush Palace. Yeah. And I think Roy Hodgson might have known that going into it. Because he, you know, he does not have a good record against Liverpool as a former Liverpool manager. I remember West Brom beat them once, but that was not a great Liverpool side either. No, but, uh, you know, Roy in recent times against Liverpool hasn't been that fortunate. Crystal Palace against Liverpool has just kind of become this weird match, though, yeah. where Palace seemed to perform really well against Liverpool. Yeah, but I think that's what Liverpool will want to, yeah, it's, to it, show it's, it's, it would be a statement win to win a Sellers Park, a place yeah. they've struggled at in recent years. Even yeah. if, I think they won their last year, but it was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. If they really just destroy yeah. Palace, it would be a statement. Yeah, so back to Fulham. They're playing Spurs last game. Te- technically, there. a home game for Fulham, though. <laughs> if uh, this whole what? <laughs> because the Fulham owner is buying Wembley. Oh, <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> They're not moving to Craver no. College. They'll stay. They'll stay at Craven College, but uh, the, the principal staff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit worried about Fulham. Because they seemed the problem they've signed too. It's their the opposite to a lot of other like Newcastle's problem, because they've signed too many players and trying to get them all to know each other and know how each other play. And it'll take time. Yeah, and you can kind of see there's a bit of a, a struggle at the moment. Now Spurs have a habit of being crap in August, and they're kind of continuing that. And Harry Kane's to score in August. Yeah, and it could happen again. 
Yeah, it'll be an interesting match. Fulham also have a terrible record in London derbies. Yeah, just tradition and away from home. Yeah, it really kills them as well. Like it, it might be the right time to be playing Fulham. Yeah, like Spurs would be the favourites going into this. But yeah, like, definitely. I wouldn't expect a good performance from Harry Kane. It'll be if Tottenham win, it'll be another two-one. Uh, yeah, grind. Yeah. Like Newcastle were unlucky at the weekend. Like they hit the post and the crossbar. Yeah, quite emphatically. So yeah. Odiemi smashed the crossbar. And Andy Gray and Richard Keyes got to have a go at Rafa Benitez for being for him. Oh yeah, keys. Yeah, yeah. The less said about them, the better. I yeah. think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was unfortunate for Newcastle. Obviously, Rafa Benitez still at the club, but for how long? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that the the match to close then on Sunday, like Huddersfield against Man City. <laughs> they're it's not, a, it's they're a tough, not encouraging it's, matches. I'm, it's I'm, a tough start for Huddersfield. Yeah, as I said before the season started, both Huddersfield and Brighton, I'm worried for. Yeah. In the thing, and Huddersfield when they start have to play the big teams. At least to get the matches out of the way, I guess. No. They did manage to get a draw at the end of last season, but yeah, Man City had won the league at that point. I and Huddersfield were doing everything they could to survive. Yeah, and I think both of these teams are going to struggle in these matches. I think it'll be another dour victory for Mourinho's Manchester United. But they did lose to Brighton last season, yeah, if you but remember. Yeah, were a surprise at that point. I think Mourinho will have them, like, we're not losing to these guys this time. Yeah. It's, yeah, not a great Super Sunday to be uh, getting back into the swing Well, games. you might see some goals in the Man City match. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah three or four nil again. Yeah. yeah, maybe. And uh, that's that's our show. That's yeah. that's it for another week of the Total Football Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show uh, and have any thoughts, email us in at the tfpod at gmail com or follow us on social media at the tfpod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. Before Andrew falls asleep here, um, it's been a long it's been a long Monday. It has already. It has. Um, subscribe to the show rate, rate, rate and review you know that helps the show helps we're on us Spotify. Uh, spread uh, yeah we're on Spotify now just search the Total Football Pod if you want to uh, listen to every episode as it comes out every Monday don't listen to the Telegram yeah no just don't, forget about they don't the need your help yeah they have newspapers to sell yeah exactly and uh, that just leads me to say thank you for being here Andrew thank you for having me Nick. and uh, thank you for listening